Hey, welcome back to another episode of A-Sides. This is Brent doing a little solo interview action. I was honestly just tired of Andy hogging all the glory of doing all these interviews. And so I wanted to get, you know, one, maybe two lined up and prove I can still do a few interviews. Maybe. (laughs) I guess we'll find out. Anyhow, on this episode, I interviewed... Michael Jans, who was the lead singer for Gary Richrath's band after he left REO Speedwagon. And Michael now has a new band and a new album out paying tribute to the late, great Gary Richrath. The name of the album is L.A. Is Mine. The name of the band is Richrath Project 313. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Jans. Save me from So Michael, you're up in uh, you're up in Milwaukee. I'm up in outs- outside of Milwaukee. Yes. Oh, okay. You haven't been up that way in a while. I knew. I looked you up to you know, see where you were from, and I saw that you were up you know, from Wisconsin. And then when I saw when you called and it said Milwaukee, I was like, oh, that's cool. My brother used to live up that way, and so I used are, to are go you, up there. Uh, are you down in 309? That's down in, in uh, Illinois, right? Yep. Yeah, I live in East Peoria, actually. So. Oh, great! Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, it's a Gary's uh, Gary's town there. Yep. Yep. So yeah. that's why. Yeah, I kind of thought, well, this would be a. It'd be, it'd be it's cool awesome. Um, like I said again, I've, uh, um, we're doing. Uh, we just got booked to do a show in Danville. Oh, um, really? November thirteenth at for uh, guitars for guitars for vets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if you're familiar. They're, they do stuff down there all the time. I guess so. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. I'd never heard of it, but. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, I guess just to kind of go back and kind of talk about how everything got started a little bit, you know. Um, so, you were the lead singer in Gary's band when he left Ario Speedwagon back after what eighty nine. Yeah, that's that's that is correct. I I started playing uh, with Gary back in uh, like. I met him first originally in like late 88 and we started doing some stuff in 89 and we finally got kind of solidified as a group in 89 when he left REO. So cool. Did you, and, uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm we, sorry. We toured, uh, you know, pretty much consistently, uh, to get a, to get a new album together. And we, he wanted the band to get really super tight. So we, uh, we actually played, um, you know, all, all from the, we, we were based out of, um, Los Angeles at the time. And uh, we we uh, went up the West Coast and 
up and through Canada and then over and came back down and up and again. And I mean, we did amazing amounts of shows in a short time. And then uh, we came back and figured out some of the songs we wanted to do and recorded an album. And, and it was actually released in 92. That was the first album. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, I got to admit, I, I don't know that I ever heard that album. Um, yeah, it's only the strong survive. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I'm a little younger. I have friends that were, you know, older that um, I was talking with them about someone about this just like a week or two ago. Sure. And he was telling me, oh, yeah, you know, I saw Gary's band play. I think it was like the State Fair or something or maybe the Heart of Illinois Fair here like in Peoria. I can't no, remember. we actually played uh, we played the Illinois State Fair a couple of times, but we did uh, we in Peoria there we did that uh, it was called City Limits at the time. I don't think oh, it's there. Oh yeah, anymore. no, it's a bingo hall yeah. now. My. Yeah, it was it was, it was yeah. Well, we did uh, we did two nights there in a row, and it was uh, really cool. I mean, it was packed. It was just absolutely packed, so it was kind of fun uh, for Gary to come home and get that reception there. And and um, I remember one time they flew Gary and I out there, and we did a. Uh, a thing right on the on the on the river there and they, they gave him a key to the city and i believe that's right where he has his bench out there now the gary Richard bench oh yeah okay yep yeah i know where it's at so, so yeah so i've been i've been trying to to get back out to that area because i mean i've been there several times i you know i i was at his home many times that he he grew up in i i, I knew his mom very well Eunice. Um, you know, it was kind of like just a, a big band family, you know. Right. And, you know, it was very interesting. I I, I met his son uh, several times, Eric. Yep. He's, he's still from that area, I believe. Um, yeah, he was in a band with a buddy of mine. For I, oh, okay. I think they might still have the band and not play out as much, you know, or whatever. But, sure. But yeah. Yeah, I I, I remember. Um, you know, I met. I remember him. The first time I met him was he was a lot younger when he first came out to LA or not I, when he, when I was first out in LA, I met him at Gary's house in, uh, in Newbury park. So, okay. And then I met him several times, uh, when I came to Peoria. He was there. Yeah. I thought, you know, that was kind of the tie where I, when I saw, um, that this, you know, the whole press release for this project for, for the uh, album and everything, I thought, well, man, that'd be really neat because, you know, I mean, obviously him, Gary being from this area and, you know, you have not only this album coming out, but, you know, a long history, you know, with Gary right. and everything. And, you know, like there's so many people around here that either have like some kind of memory involving Gary when he was on an REO Speedwagon or like my mother-in-law and father-in-law both knew his family and like grew up with i think sure. like one of his brothers or something was like their age and so yeah it was just like well okay i kind of have to well we gotta yeah, well, get have a, this there's episode there's a lot of rich traps. i mean there's a lot of cousins upon cousins and, and like i said now a lot of them have been uh, showing up at some of our shows i mean we did a show up in in door county um two weeks ago uh, door county wisconsin and um that was a big festival we did, and there was relatives that were trapped relatives up there. So I mean, they're pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, mean um, we've gotten a you know a really good response from that, and and you know what happened was is you know Gary Gary and I worked together for for a long time you know through the '90s, and uh, we did a lot of touring. We came back together a few times. We worked on a bunch of original material. We recorded at my studio, we recorded at his studio, and eventually what came about was. Um, 
the record company that put out Only the Strong Survive in 92 asked me after he passed away if I'd be interested in doing another doing another album. And um, I said, well, yeah, because I mean, we still had a lot of tracks that were recorded that we never used. So, right. So, you know, I, I kind of like took a lot of the stuff and had to fix it and redo some things. And, uh, you know, we, we put it, uh, it, a lot of the stuff was on tape, so I had to have it all pulled out digitally. Yeah. And then uh, after we got the digital stuff pulled out, we started working on that. Yeah, because you have, what, there's a couple songs on this album that has right. well, Gary's performance on performing, it, right? And he's performing and playing guitar on Help Me Save Me For Myself, and that's the single we released first, and there's a video to that. And then there's a, another one that we did years ago. It's called uh, These Nights. That was recorded originally in L.A., and then we redid it out here. And then um, uh, L.A. Is Mine, which was the title track, and, and that was one that he wrote in the early 70s when he... Um, was coming out from Peoria to LA and uh, it's kind of like about, you know, the whole concept of flying into Los Angeles. So, and we decided to use that as a title track. So, you know, a lot of the songs weren't finished and a lot of them, you know, we worked on together and, you know, we were finishing up on another album and it just never, never came about. So, right. So, um, we kind of worked together and got it done. I know he was working before he passed. He was working with a few local musicians from around here. A few guys that I know. I, I assume you were part of that. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a part of that at all. Um, you know, I I, uh, I I was with Gary, very close with Gary for many, many years. And then um, he called me up to do some some more touring and, and start another band together again. And then his uh, widow wife, uh, Justine, uh, kind of got in, in the picture. And then things took a turn for the worse. So... Um, you know, I, I was already doing my own thing and I was trying to help him out and get together. And then it kind of kind of led to a bad thing. And I just kind of had to pass on it for a while. And, you know, like I said, again, I was very disappointed that he went down a, a path that, he, you know, that ended up the way it did. So right. um, I decided to, uh, you know, when the record company came to me, I decided that I was just going to go ahead and, and try to you know, paint his side of the story because again, you know, like he was a really good person. I mean, he was a wonderful man. And I, I think a lot of people kind of, they didn't look at that. They looked at the, the worst, the, the bad part of it. And, he, and I think he was a great guy. So, yeah. and an incredible guitar player, by the way. So, right. So. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a big deal to a lot of us local musicians and stuff around here. You know, he moved back mm -hmm. and then he was getting up on stage with, a, a couple different times with some local cover bands and stuff, getting up doing, take it on the run, and you know, and then yeah. I think that's what spawned kind of the, or, you know, sparked the relationship with some of these local guys that led to him kind of putting together a band here and whatnot. So yeah, I kind of wondered if you were, if you had a hand in writing with him on some of that stuff or producing. You no, know, I, I didn't had really know. To do with that stuff, I, yeah. I think it was a band called Bubblegum Jack. Yep. Or whatever it was, and, and I and I I totally didn't have anything to do with that. That was Justine's yeah. Justine's time with him, and I really didn't have time to deal with that. I, I don't I don't know what they're doing. I don't think the band is together, or they're together in a different you know format. No, or yeah, it was yeah, it was there was a couple guys from that Bubblegum Jack, and a couple guys from some other things. I you know it was kind of like putting together the best of the best from around here because obviously all these guys were like well hell yeah i want to play in his band you know but sure. i mean it's a bummer it never really you know it didn't have the chance to you know really happen yeah. i mean so yeah 
Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, like I said again, that that stuff happens, but it's it's a it's a difficult scenario, no matter how you look at it. And and unfortunately, the the worst outcome for for Gary was he didn't get to do it himself. And uh, I I don't know what to say about that, except that um, you know I don't think I don't think Ario really gave him a good opportunity either. So that was my my next step to do. And and again, like I said, I was I was working on a, a bunch of my own stuff and. And when I was approached by the record company that asked me to do it, I said, well, yeah, I think it's a good idea because there's some really good songs that are, that have never been recorded before. So, so and what, I, I, I can't say much. Of, I mean, the, the, the response we're getting is incredible. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So was, and I, I think we kind of talked about it, but I guess I'm just clarifying. Um, was all of the songs on this album, something that you had been, working on with Gary in the past or are some of them just like totally brand new or just a hundred percent like your song or there's three songs that Gary and I worked on together. Okay. And so the three that he played on were those, right. Were, those okay. are the ones. And then the, all the other ones are new, brand new songs that I wrote. Okay. But there, there also is one that I co-wrote with my guitarist, Dennis pockets. And then we re-recorded, uh, riding a storm out and son of a poor man. Okay, and uh, you know, the, the, you know, obviously, riding storm motors, which you know, basically launched him into a stratosphere of very, being an incredible guy, but um, and a guitar player and songwriter. But "Son of a Poor Man" was another one that I know um, was a song kind of about him. So I kind of kept it down to, on on the Gary Richrath feel. You know, I just wanted to keep it going in that direction, right? Because there's plenty of time for for me to do what I do, and and I I have a lot of stuff that's already been recorded and stuff that i would put on on next on the next album but um like right for right now this is more of a gary gary tribute thing so i wouldn't have called it a tribute this is part of his stuff that he did so yeah so and correct me if i'm wrong but i i believe that i read this right at some point um or maybe i made it made it up in my head i have no idea but <laughs> you so this band was playing like as a band before putting this album together right and you guys were doing uh, kind of like a tribute to Gary already prior to the album. Well, like, playing I REO songs, that. and I, I would say that we did a lot of um, uh, we did a lot of REO stuff. Okay, and we did Kevin songs, Gary songs, my songs, and and uh, you know we did a lot of other. I mean, we do a lot of other cover songs. Like we do a we did a Stick song, we did a um, a Steppenwolf song. So I mean, we did a lot of stuff, but. It was always kind of a. Uh, it was based upon Ario Speedwagon, basically. Right. And it's kind of hard to to change things when you you know I've been I played with Gary for many years and I got most of my experiences through Gary and and the influences of Ario Speedwagon, which I still think that the you know their their songwriting is is uh, is wonderful songwriting and I, I enjoy singing the songs whether if they're Kevin's or Gary's but you know Gary I was his lead singer so. Right. I try to stick with that, and and again, I I just think that he had, he was the sound of Ario Speedwagon, and I try to try to portray that when we do our stuff, and you know I try to let people hear the stuff that could have been, you know, if it would have been an Ario thing, you know, it could have been, you know, and but again, like I said, it's 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 all the Ario fans right now and the Gary fans are loving it, and I'm getting you know rave reviews over it all, all everywhere it goes. So I don't know how else to say it. It's just. We did a lot of different things. Everybody does, but it wasn't it wasn't really set up 
any certain way. It just kind of it just kind of came out that way. Right. So. So hopefully, you guys will be able to you know continue playing shows and everything. I'm hoping that not. I mean, things are getting kind of weird again, you know. And I, I'm hoping well, we, that there's still we have shows booked, and we we uh you know the 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 COVID thing is what delayed the 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 album in the first place. It was actually right. supposed to be done probably in 2019. And I'm kind of, you know, there's a good and a bad to the whole thing. Um, actually, the record company that originally put it was going to put it out there, kind of like they didn't fold, but they decided to put everything on hold after the COVID thing hit. And then, um, so we we went back and redid a lot of stuff in 2020 because we were sitting here doing nothing. And we had an entire year's worth of shows canceled. Uh, we had to put the album on, on on hold for another year, and then so we we went back in the studio and, and redid some really good you know recordings of different things that we weren't going to put on the, originally. So so then we went back and uh, we released it, and it came out finally August sixth of this year, twenty twenty one. And so we're playing catch up just like everybody else's. I think. I mean, the, yeah. the shows are definitely there. We we did a few of them this summer. Um, we're doing more and more as the, as the time goes by. We're doing uh, two or three shows at the end of the month. Then we're going to be in, in Illinois, I believe, in uh, Des Plaines. And then we're going to, um, I think, Detroit, Ohio, back in Wisconsin and back in Illinois. And then we're supposed to do an East Coast tour in uh, November. Well, cool. That's good. That there's... We'll be back on the West Coast. So, I mean, we're going to be pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, cool. I mean, obviously everybody misses live music. And I mean, hell, I just, <clears throat> I just went to like the first, you know, big live concert last weekend. I just went and saw the Black Crows up in Tinley Park. And it was like, Jesus, I, you know, <laughs> I forgot yeah. what it felt like to actually go to like yeah, a big I mean, show and shit. I you guess know? Uh, some of the shows have been pretty, pretty uh, like uh, slim to none in Illinois. And I don't know why. I mean, it yeah. seems like uh, in Wisconsin, they were wide open, you know. Yeah, I mean it was hard to get shows booked because um, so many bands wanted to play. Yeah, well that's the thing. It was like once they started booking them, it was man, everybody was. Bu- I mean, there's so many shows happening that I, I got to the point where I was like, I can't, I don't have time to go to all this. You know, I got to <laughs> pick and choose which ones. Before it was like I was sitting around waiting for something I actually gave a shit about to come around, and now it's like, well shit, now I, there's so much that I got to pick and choose. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said again, and, and, you know, being on the other end of it is that we, we wish we were in a, in a position where we were, you know, the, 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 we got more radio airplay right now because it's starting, it's starting to get radio airplay. It's starting to get picked up. We are in different markets all over the country, but um, it's, it's like I said, it's like we're, we're playing catch up to the album now because it just, we, we had a date picked the record company had a date pick, so they kind of had to go with it for like, you know, downloads and stream streaming and all the other stuff that goes along with it. And we shot a video and the video was released two weeks prior to the re- release of the album. And now we shot another video. So, I mean, it's like we should be out on the road touring now, but it's kind of like everybody's playing catch up. So, yeah. And I just saw, actually, I was just looking at Facebook and um, I saw that uh, Sammy Hagar uh, the circle or whatever they canceled the, the Illinois State Fair. I don't know if that's because oh, of COVID or yeah, that was supposed yeah. to be today. I think wasn't it? I don't know. I didn't see the yeah. date on it because I don't know when the state fairs happened. <clears throat> of course, the weather was. I don't know. I mean, Springfield's not that far from 
here, so it could have very well been the same thing, but the weather was terrible today. I mean, it just rained and stormed all day, so that could have had something to do with it. Because actually, the last time I went to the State Fair, I saw, I went to see Cheap Trick with Blondie opening, and Blondie had to cut their set short because this huge storm blew through, and then Cheap Trick didn't even play, and it was a mess, but (laughs) it wasn't much fun. I got to see Blondie, and I had never seen them, and I've seen cheap trick a bunch of times yeah but, i mean you know. I've, never, I've, I've never seen blondie but that's interesting so that yeah, might have I mean, been the case yeah but yeah i mean like i said there's a lot of cool things out there right now there's a lot of bands that are trying to get out there and there's some that that aren't so i i, I don't you know i think it has a lot to do like i heard reo canceled a few shows and um you know they just canceled a few shows and then they they're not going back until the 20th but um, it, it canceled Sturgis and somewhere else. I don't know for exactly where, but yeah, we haven't had that problem yet. We we did uh, we did uh, a festival up north. We did uh, two festivals up north. We played with Head East one night, and uh, we did um, a couple of indoor shows, and then we were back down to Illinois and did a did a festival outside. <clears throat> so we've been pretty much around the Midwest, and. It, nobody's even wearing masks. So I guess, you know, what can you say? I, I don't know if there's restrictions everywhere. So it could be where people are just testing positive for new strains or whatever. I don't know. You know. Yeah. It's but, strange because like where I work, they, they made us start wearing a mask. And I know a lot of other people have said that their jobs have been doing the same thing. And it's like, but then like you go to Walmart or whatever, the grocery store and, nobody's enforcing it there so i'm like i I don't know (laughs) i don't know where this this new mandate at some of our you know jobs is coming from and everything when clearly clearly the state hasn't issued any kind of you know mandate to start masking back up i figured it was coming i thought it you know well i just got back from los angeles two days ago and i was out there for about a week and um, they told us that everything's, you know, everything's clamped down out there again and you got to wear a mask. And I got out there and that was totally the, a different scenario. Nobody was wearing masks and everything was open. And so the, the, the news and the media say one thing. And then, um, when you get there, it's a different scenario. So, hmm. so I, I don't know if you can believe everything you hear or everything you see anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's for sure. Well, well I'm glad, you know. I, was, I was really, I was disappointed that I had to go into it, but I went out there for, you know, doing some radio and stuff like that. And then I got out there and it wasn't, so I was kind of happy that, you know, cause you know, again, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a road dog and I don't want to see anybody get sick, but you know, the thing is, it's just, I don't know, you know, I just, I don't know how I could live my whole life worried about something like that. You know, it's, it's something that has to be taken care of, but you know, I just hope and pray eventually it goes away and get things get back to normal, you know? Right. Well, it's it's reassuring to hear that you're not hearing you're not canceling anything, you know. As no, of now, it would take a lot you know? for me to cancel anything. I'm a, I, like I said again, uh, you know, I'm yeah. a, I'm a road dog from from way back, so we go through a lot of stuff. But again, I've heard other bands canceling for that reason. So right. But. Well, yeah, man. So speaking of, you know, going back, I kind of wanted to ask you about, you know, everything, you know, in your past pre you know, meeting up with Gary and joining his band and everything. Were you, I I assume you were obviously playing before that or in a band before that. Um, Oh yeah. Well, we were originally, originally from the Milwaukee area and uh, we moved out to California in, 
you know, I've always played music since I was 12. So, I mean, I've always been, a, I was actually a bass player. And, you know, um, I can remember even my first gig that I played, we did an eighth grade uh, dance for my eighth grade and, and we played Riding the Storm Out. So that's pretty crazy. You know, you think about that. And I sang the song back then. So that's how far that goes back with me. So I was always a, a an REO fan. And, um, you know, the, those were songs that people played when they're in rock bands, you know. And then uh, I, I started touring um, extensively, probably in my later teens, uh, you know, all over the Midwest. I got lucky enough to do shows. And actually, you know, back in those days, the drinking age was different. So it wasn't uh, you didn't have to be 21 to get into bars. So you didn't have to be, you know, the, the, the age just to get in play, too. But I became a really big progressive rock fan, you know, and I was into more, you know, doing a rush or yes or, you know, songs like that. And um, I started doing more and more into that field. And then uh, I still had, you know, more, um, I would say not ballady, but more up-tempo kind of rock songs in my heart that I would write. And um, we decided one day we did an East Coast tour with a band called Badfinger. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were back in the Midwest playing clubs and we said, we got to try L.A. So we uh, all decided as a band to to fly or to drive out to L.A. and and uh, get the band going and just doing originals. Well, that was that was a whole new thing for us in L.A. in in 1985. It was very rough. Oh, yeah. Everybody moved out there to do the same thing, you know. Right. Yeah, you were just in time for that whole sunset strip madness. Oh, it was incre- it was incredible. It was it was just like you wouldn't believe it. It was nonstop sunset strip, and it just it really wasn't a lot of fun. <laughs> and and uh, we did everything we were supposed to do. And usually, what got us separated from the re- other crowd is we pull in a rush song, and then people would go, "Oh my God, these guys can really play music instead of, you know, just being posers on stage dressing up like the you know the glam bands because that's what it was out there." Right. And uh, we ended up running into Gary uh, probably in 1988. He bought a ranch in Newberry Park, and we lived in Thousand Oaks, and they're like right together, the two close cities. And, uh, you know, he said, or my drummer met him first and said, hey, you're Gary Richrath. And he said, hey, you look like you play in a band. So we ended up, uh, he said, you want to jam? And we said, sure. He said, yeah, I'd love to jam. And I didn't believe it even happened. And Lo and behold, one day he's in our rehearsal studio jamming with us. So, wow, that's pretty cool, of course, man. Of course, I played "Riding a Storm" out again, which was you know like the second time that I played it since, since years ago because you know again yeah, I was playing different stuff. But yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was really a lot of fun, and and I just thought that was going to be about it. And he ended up you know taking a liking to my voice and asked me to do some demos. And he was actually um, recording. Uh, demos for the new REO album and uh, he asked me to sing some background vocals with the guy that he was working uh, to do um, songwriting with from from MCA and he was out of Nashville and uh, so I came in and I did some demos and he liked my voc- vocals a lot and he asked me to do a lead vocal and I did a lead vocal and and then uh, and then then it happened where he they had the split where he left REO and uh, I was his lead singer so that's pretty much pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you and probably I, weren't. And like I said, all these years later, you know, I kept doing you know all different things, but you know, like from solo projects to to cover stuff and 
and um, I got fortunate enough to meet some guys that still wanted to do some of the REO stuff. So we started working on REO stuff, and and then we did more um, Gary stuff. And I had a lot of stuff that I had from the past and decided to put it together. And the record company said, let's record it and let's get it out there. So, so that's how it went. <clears throat> Well, cool, man. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, are really glad to hear, you know, a few performances that were sitting around that were unheard. And, you know, a lot of Gary's well, families probably. I, I think that's the big thing with the REO fans is that um, they don't have really anything new, you know, and, and, and they definitely don't have anything with Gary on it. You know, right. and, and my opinion and a lot of other opinions that Gary was REO Speedway. Once he left the band, it wasn't REO anymore, you know. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, if you hear us do the REO stuff, you know, you can, you can, you can definitely hear that uh, the REO, the Gary in us. So, you know, I mean, I sang this stuff with him for years, and um, I'm singing better than I've ever sang before right now. So it, it, uh, it definitely carries through. Yeah. Well, man, that's really cool. I'm, you know, I'm going to look for you guys to be playing somewhere around here. I mean, I know you said Danville and I'll, you know, have to come out yeah. and check well, it I'm, out, man. I'm hoping we'll be actually get into Peoria. When, when they, when they dedicated that bench to him, the city, I don't know, the city planning commission or something like that asked right. us if we would do something and then it got kind of canceled. So I don't know what happened, but, um, you know, we're all for it. I mean, like I said, again, you know, we play just about anywhere we can. You know, we love to play and love to promote the Gary stuff. And um, I'm that's sh- it's what better place to do it than Peoria, Illinois. You know. Yeah, I mean, I would think it would sell great. I, you know, I I could only imagine it would have a great turnout. And you know, we think it, that too, but for some reason, it just doesn't seem like that works that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got a key to the city one time when we played there, and uh, you know, it's I think that's the last time I played in uh, Peoria, and it was. An amazing wow. turnout, you know, and uh, yeah, that's Gary's hometown. So, like I said again, it'd be nice if we could do it again, and we're going to be right in your backyard at Danville. So, yeah, I hope you show up. What uh, you're going to be playing this on uh, on a radio podcast? Or? It's on a podcast. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, you have to send me that information. Um, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, I, I'll you know, send like you the link. Again, uh, um, I'd love to do it whenever ever I'm around. You know, hook me up and and we'll talk more about the album. Sounds good, man. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, you keep rocking. All right. Thanks, Michael. You too. I'll talk to you later on, hopefully. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you to Michael Jans for chatting with me today. If you guys have the chance to catch Rich Wrath Project 313 live as they're out touring this summer and fall, please go out, check them out, check out the new album, available now. Thanks for listening. See